and welcome to a brand new episode of Delivering Marketing Joy. I am your host, Kirby Hosman, and joining me today is a brand new guest. He's a friend, he's a customer, he's the president of Central Ohio Technical College, or COTC as we like to call it around here, with campuses all over the state of Ohio. His name is Dr. John Barry. Dr. Barry, thank you so much for joining me. I appreciate it. My pleasure, Kirby. Thanks for having me. Absolutely, absolutely. So I sort of wanted to dig into, you know, Normal topic, <laughs> it's the topic this year, but I wanna take a little bit of a different tact on it because 2020 has certainly been challenging for most organizations. That's certainly true for colleges and universities. So what have been a few of the positive lessons that you've learned while trying to navigate this sort of crazy time? Yeah, that's a very good question, Kirby. And I'll tell you, particularly from a state institution perspective, you know, where we're so reliant on basically support from our state systems, as well as our own enrollment uh, platforming. This is the year that we've had to become very creative and very innovative, but with also that safety and security as the foremost concern in everyone's mind. Mm -hmm. So how do you deliver, especially from a technical college like ours, where we are known for our hands-on engagement? You know, how do you ensure that you maintain a platform where students can still learn and thrive and still have access to some of those engaged learning centers? So it has been for us a part where I would say what I'm most pleased about is both our faculty and staff kind of taking innovative, creative approaches to delivering their, yeah. their coursework and doing it in a very short-term time frame turnaround. Yeah. Um, but the students themselves also being willing to kind of say, this is not what I really thought I was going to do, but I'm going to give this a try and I'm going to work hard within that context. And both parties have kind of come together to make it work. I love that. One of the things I talk a lot about is I feel like there's a group of people, there's like two groups of people who've dealt in this pandemic, where it's like there's either the, hey, let me know when this is over group, and the now that we're here group. But I would say the people who are like, look, this is what we're living in, so how do we, now that we're here, how do we move forward? And I, that sounds like that's what both your faculty and your students have done. Yes, very much so. Yeah. Having to basically say, this may not have been what we all understood coming in, but if we're going to make it a rich and an effective format and still ensure, and that's the other thing that we've been very candid about, ensuring access to students to be able to engage in this format. You know, not all of our students had personalized laptops or personal computers or Wi-Fi hotspots or access points. So how do we ensure that they do still maintain those connections and we provided them in all of our campus sites and locations. We gave out laptops and wow. uh, personalized computer devices and Wi-Fi sticks and you name it. And we used it, but they used it for their common good as well. That's awesome. That's really good. So, you know, this is, you know, we say this show is called Delivering Marketing Joy. So marketing is storytelling. So I, I'm curious, how has the story you tell changed and how have you had to adapt, like how you tell that story? Yeah, that's a, that's a very good question. And Kirby, what I would say first and foremost, we had to kind of personalize the message. Hmm. We had to say, we get this and we understand it. And yeah. we know this is complex and it is daunting, um, but that we are here for you first and foremost, that either a current student or a prospective student, that they knew that that was our kind of platform and our mantra. We are here for our students and we're going to do what we need to do to help you be successful. But we also had to also kind of put our perspectives in order We've always thought this way, but we really had to message it that way as well. We have to maintain Maslow before Bloom. So Maslow's hierarchy of needs are yeah. critical for every person before I can get them in Bloom's taxonomy of learning. 
Okay. You know, <laughs> if that makes yeah. sense to you. Yeah. So we had to say to our students, we understand that you might be struggling to keep a roof over your head, to pay a car payment, uh, to keep your lights on. We're going to help with that. We are going to be able to use some of those CARES Act funding, our own generated scholarship work. We gave out over a million dollars worth of support to our students over this past year. Wow. Um, and it was the right thing to do, but we had to tell them we were going to work on that first. Mm -hmm. But then you need to continue to be focused on what your end goal is. You must deliver your own product as well. Uh, and it's been, again, for the most part, it's worked out fairly well. Yeah, I, I think that one of the common grounds you see with great communication is thinking of the the person who's going to be receiving the communication, right? Like, yes. and that's, I think that's the empathy you're talking about. Um, and the other thing I noticed and in the interest of transparency, I was on an advisory board for COTC. And one of the things I noticed from the, you know, communications from you and your office was, it was almost like the idea of, hey, we're going to over communicate. We are going to make sure that, that we're not, uh, People don't know what's going on. Is that accurate? Very accurate, Kirby. Uh, until uh, uh, basically from March to September, we sent out a weekly communique. <laughs> Whether you wanted to know it or not, you were going to know it. Um, and we tried to shuffle that up in terms of some written format, but then also some video formats. Uh, because yeah, everything gets a little old after a while. Even yeah. if you know you need it, it's like, okay, I've got to read this again. Uh, so we tried to make sure that we really did change that messaging platform up. Um, smart. But Starting in September, we moved that to every two weeks because, again, we wanted to make sure that it wasn't overload, but it was still very important to the student to assimilate. And it wasn't just students, like you said, as advisory board members, you know, all of our faculty, staff, our community uh, partners, we try to ensure that they know what's happening within the construct of the college as well and what we're doing and why we're doing it. That's one of the other things that I very much learned in this is people need to understand the why behind the what. Mm -hmm. It's one thing to tell them, this is where we're going but to understand why we've decided to go there and try to solicit their input where you can. Yeah. But this is an odd time during what, it's, this is what I would say an emergency situation that none of us are ever trained to deal with. Yeah. You know, I understand what's supposed to happen if a tornado comes through here, <laughs> I'll be honest with that. But a global pandemic was not in the president's 101 training manual. Yeah. Um, so to your point though, in terms of a marketing communication platform, to keep people as engaged and even allow their voice of dissent. You know, there are people who still don't love this fact that we've had to kind of move into this and it's their right to share that. But it's also very important for us to continue to put the messaging forward as to the why. Yeah. Well, that's great. And I, I kudos, by the way, I really do feel like you guys have done a great job. I mean, we ran into that same thing. It's funny, you and I haven't talked about this, but when this all went down and everybody started working from home, we went from having a weekly call as a team to a daily call because things were so fluid and everything was changing. And then as it started to open back up, uh, my team was like, okay, I'm tired of seeing your face, right? Like that's enough. And so you, you make those adjustments just like you're, you're talking about there. So kudos. Um, final question for you. I'm, I'm wildly curious about your take on this. So the implementation of technology, I, I sort of feel like this is forced all of us, and I think uh, education had done a good job of utilizing technology, but it sort of forced us to utilize work from home stuff. So how do you think this um, looks moving forward for education? Yeah, that's a great question. What I'll tell you is I truly believe there's a fundamental shift in redesign and how education will be delivered past this point. Right. Because people have now a definitive taste of something different. Yeah. Some of them don't like the taste at all. <laughs> and never want to taste it again. And that's cool, that's yeah, fine, we yeah. totally understand that. 
But there's a segment of our population in particular who would never have been able to access us had we not moved into this type of work. Mm. Um, and we have now really had to do some self-centered looking and reviewing uh, and say, we've been blessed that we have very high-end environmental uh, centers. You know, all of our campus locations are very nice in terms of a rich, robust brick and mortar uh, design. But I would say that that's not necessarily true about our online presence. We've had some, but it's never been robust. It's never been uh, something we put a lot of resource or energy towards. This will be something that is a fundamental need coming out of this. There's a group of students who need this and need it to be as rich and robust as if they walked into a building. Mm -hmm. So candidly, we're going to be really focused on what we're calling the fifth campus. We have four brick and mortar, mortar ones. We're going to have one virtual one that mm -hmm. should be as engaged for any student as if they walk through a campus door. Yeah, that's that's so interesting. And honestly, you know, I think so many times you look at that as a challenge or whatever, but it truly it becomes an opportunity for you too, because if you can be a campus that can deliver that in a real meaningful way, it can the people who will be able to to manage that will be the ones standing 10 years from now, right? I, I agree with you. And I think what you're going to see is a, a lot more integration between public and private factors. Mm -hmm. um, an example for us is we've just um, become a a group sponsor with Facebook. Facebook has really tried to leverage a lot of educational platforming from distance learning perspectives. Mm -hmm. So they have sponsored us to the term, tune of $100,000 to take our four campus locations and say, well, I'm a student in, say, Kashaka, uh, mm -hmm. and we really want to make sure that we have access to certain classes, but we may only have four or five students. Well, we can now use a high-end remote learning center within that building to put those four five students with our four or five students in um, Mount Vernon, our four or five students in Pataspa. So now we have a class of 28 students once all is said and done, right. but it has to be rich and robust. It can't be an old platform model where uh, students don't feel engaged. They don't feel like this is a true learning design. Right. Uh, so, but I think you're going to see a lot more of that. Uh, groups like Amazon, Facebook, groups who really use technology in a different way with a, an expectation that their work groups, those that are coming into the workforce cycle, know how to do this and have experience with it. That's cool. That's cool. Well, you've answered my three questions, Dr. Barry. I appreciate that. I give, give everybody a chance to ask me one question. Do you have one for me? I do. Okay. Since we're focused within the marketing sector itself, right? and you've asked me a lot of questions about the fundamental redesign of yeah. what's happening within the higher education community. What do you think from your perspective, now that you've seen this unfold for about this year's cycle, What's the fundamental changes that will happen within the marketing sectors themselves? Yeah, I think, I love this question, by the way, so thank you. For me, I think the best marketing is the one that, that creates engagement. I think forever, um, we have lived through a world where it's what we call push marketing, right? So the, the organization that had the most money, the most time that would push out the most ads would win. I think we've made a fundamental shift and we had started that shift, to be honest with you, uh, before this happened, but I think just like a lot of things, this accelerated it. And I think we've gone into a little bit more of a poll economy. So the customer has so much more voice. I mean, almost to a detriment right now where it's like when, when everybody can be offended by anything, all of a sudden we're changing that sort of thing. But there's a lot of good to that. The idea that you pull in customers and the way you do that is providing them value up front 
right? Like, so in other words, whether that's through um, a teaser course, I don't know, I'm sort of making this up off the top of my head, but a teaser course to say, hey, this is what this robust online learning experience might be. This would be your intro course. This is your professor. And this course is free. So, and, but the class would need to provide real value. It wouldn't just be an ad, right? But if it did that and they go, wow, this is really amazing. They provided me a ton of value. Yes, I want to become a student. That would be a, an example off the top of my head of a give first sort of strategy in marketing. And I see more of that happening. No, I appreciate that. And it's interesting you say that because in some ways there are those lost leader components that right. we are starting to utilize more of to make sure that individuals understand that particularly in institutions like mine, when you're talking about a, a technical or community college, mm -hmm. I have students that range literally from 14 to 84. <laughs> and some of them have never imagined themselves in higher education. Yep. So for them to have a taste test of it, to understand what this is like, and again, not everyone is going to be 20 years old and they're going to be uh, set aside as an outcast within that process. It's great for them to have that opportunity to understand it and know that they can be successful. Yeah, no, I love it. Here, Dr. Barry, I appreciate you taking the time. I know you're busy right now, so thank you so much. We'll have to do it again sometime, okay? Pleasure. Enjoyed it, Kirby. Thank you very much. All right. That's going to wrap up this edition of Delivering Marketing Joy. We'll see you next time. Yeah.